You're listening to the Mess and Mercy podcast with Katie Sanders, where you'll be inspired to grow in your walk with Jesus and live out your God-purposed life by faith and obedience. Now, here's your host, Katie Sanders. because they have literally been in my pantry for over a month now. Um, So we're going to do something a little different today. I'll put this on a podcast too, but you won't be able to have the object lesson with it. Um, But I want to talk about just salvation today Um, and these feel-good sermons that I'm seeing. I have been in church heaven because I have had the opportunity to watch so many um, local church services with everybody doing a live stream that I normally wouldn't get to do and that has been um, just fascinating for me but one thing that I'm seeing over and over and over is um, people taking you know those feel-good verses that we like to run to for comfort you know, be still and know that I am God. Um, just about his goodness. Um, we can do all things through Christ that gives us strength that we can. Um, one of my favorite ones is in the book of Jeremiah where it talks about how he has good plans for us. Plans to prosper us and to grow us. And I'm just curious if if people know the, the story behind some of these verses like Jeremiah he is called the weeping prophet people are he is begging an unrepentant people to come to Christ and to know him for who he is and God is promising that he does have good things for them but they are in captivity at the time of that verse like Babylon is fixing to crush God's people and so when you look at it in its fullness and you know that they spent 70 years in captivity by an awful Roman Empire does it feel good after that Um, God does have good promises for his believers for his people Um, and this message is is not for y'all I want y'all to take that scripture and hold tight to it and know that God is a God of promises and sovereignty and all power and he is absolutely in control of this crazy time um he is it is on purpose and it is for purpose and we talked about that in our last video but this is for the lukewarm believer I um I try to trigger my kids and we do um, Bible trivia, and we talk about David and Goliath and Daniel and the lion and all of those stories, and we give them an opportunity to spit back what they know about God, and the winner gets candy, and it's fun for them. They get to learn because they don't have the capacity to understand who Jesus is outside of a Savior. So I asked them the other day, I was like, you know, why, why do we ask Jesus to come into our hearts and to save us? And they spat it off to get to heaven. Um, 
it's an appropriate answer for a kid. We all want to go to heaven. Um, absolutely, that's why we get saved. But, but that's not why we get saved. Um, and I, I just want to talk about that. What, what is salvation? And most people would say it's you say in the sinner's prayer. And we have watered down the gospel so much that people literally think that if they pray a prayer, they're going to heaven. We have tried to make something so simple strategic. We are saved from repentance. It is the reconciliation of, of our sin. That is why we are saved. Salvation is the gift. Heaven is the reward of that gift. And so it, it's a genuine repentance. And that does not mean... Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I am bad. I know that you are good. Save me. Amen. It is literally an exchange. I looked up um, this verse in Acts 26.20, and it says that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. And I have got a Greek dictionary here, and literally the word for repent in the Bible here is... It means to think differently or afterwards reconsider, repent, denoting change of a place or condition, to perceive with a mind, think and comprehend, to change, implying the feeling of regret, sorrow, which may mean only to regret or have remorse. So... To repent is to acknowledge in our hearts that something is bad. And then we receive. We repent and then we receive. We receive the Holy Spirit. And that is in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12. It talks about how it's now the Holy Spirit living in us that kind of guides us to do all, all of our, our good deeds but it's the holy spirit that produces that change so if you have come to salvation and nothing has changed in your life i would caution you to say did you really get saved because there has to be a change the scripture is clear that it is a death to yourself that you have received a newness and that's changed so here are the people, this is what, I know there are people out there because I was one of those people, to be clear. Um, not everybody that prays, even on a routine basis, is saved. Matthew seven twenty three. well, let's start at 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not call your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That verse tells us that we can say our prayers and we can do 
hard and fast and super Christian things and God still not know who we are because we are sin. And unless we make that repentant exchange and the Holy Spirit covers us, God, we cannot sit in the presence of God. That is what Jesus was for. Jesus came and died on the cross to tear the veil between us and Christ so we could have communion and fellowship. Because before, there was this place called the Holy of Holies, and they would go in once a year and meet God in that temple after all of this cleansing had to be done to make atonement for our sins. And we could not... Uh, that was for the priest. The priest went in, and in Moses' day, that was Aaron. But the priest would go in once a year. And we have open, honest communion with God every day because of Christ. But he says here, I never knew you because if you don't reach a place of repentance and the blood of Christ does not cover you, God cannot stand to look at you. He is still God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that means that that same Old Testament God that had to have somebody come in and make atonement for the people for their safety is still that same God. He is still a God of wrath. He is still a God that cannot be associated with sin. God cannot associate with you outside of Jesus. And that is salvation. It's not a prayer. Not everybody at the church is holy. We're going to look at Titus 10.26, and it says, But they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. You cannot go out and live a life of unrepentant sin during the week and come and teach Sunday school on Sunday morning. You cannot lay out drinking and having sex all night Friday night and Saturday night and sit on that church pew on Sunday and think that you are fit for the kingdom of God. There is no place for unrepentant sin, and we'll get to that in a second, but even the people that walk the aisle and they say, yes, Lord, it says, these people come near me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. You can profess Lord. You can do good things for Lord. You can say that you love him, and you can walk down the aisle and pretend that you do. But until you accept Lord over your life, until you feel the weight and the burden of your sins, those things don't matter. And that's what this is for. This is what we're going to This is salvation right here. I'm going to use my life for an example because there I have testimony more than the amount of Skittles in this bowl. I could tell you stories from the time that I was two to the time that I was 25. Just things that I've lived through, things that I've suffered for, things that I've manipulated myself into, and things that I've crawled my way out of that are serious, serious things, bad things. I was an awful person 
and I sat on my bathroom floor January 11th of 2017 and I had everything that I could have ever wanted. I married a man that adored me. We have five beautiful children. We were living in a 3,000 square foot house that had a chandelier over the bathtub and a pool. It was great. I had the perfect dog. Like, I was living my best life. And I was so empty and so wrecked inside. And I realized it had to be more. And I said, I cannot do this anymore. Satan had taken so much from me, had put me in a place of just desolation. You see, God, Satan does not have to make you out to be a murderer or a child trafficker to destroy you. He's just got to distract you. It comes with little compromises that we make. But that night, I went from this on my bathroom floor to this. All of the bad things that I had done were no longer seen by God. That don't mean that I didn't try to carry them or that I don't still pick them up from time to time. But this is what salvation looks like. This is how you have communion with Christ. This is how you can approach God. Is this right here. The covering of you by the Holy Spirit that compels you to be a better person and to do better things. That doesn't mean that you will never ever do anything bad again and we'll get to that too, but when we get here, or arguably when we don't get here, I would argue that if you want to ask this question, you've never really been saved in the first place, but people want to know where's the line. Can I still do this? Or can I still do this? Or can I still do this? I still want to say bad words. I still want to sleep with my boyfriend. I still want to drink and get drunk on the weekends. Can I do that? Does it matter if I listen to this kind of music? Does this matter? Does it matter what I watch on TV? Where's the line? Where's the line? How, how bad can I be and also be a Christian? There is no sacrifice. There is no coverage for unrepentant, on-purpose sin. You cannot claim God and continue to live waywardly. It says to be friends with the world, to be enmity with God. This is for the lukewarm Christian. You cannot be both. Salvation is not a bitch. You cannot sit in the middle. You have got to choose a side. It is a or it is B. Hebrews 10.26 says, If we all deliberately keep on sinning after having received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. Sin separates us from God. Now, Paul illustrates this really well um, in Romans chapter 7. He says, I do all these things I don't want to do and the things that I want to get right, I do wrong. And I know that it's just because I'm bad, but I know the Holy Spirit lives in me and he's sanctifying me and he's trying to make this better. But I still make mistakes, but I hate it when I make mistakes. And that's the difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation is hell. Conviction is, gosh, I'm sorry, Lord. 
I've got I've got to do better. I want to do more. I feel the weight of that decision that I made. And it's instant. Like, you know, God starts putting you in check quick. And it don't mean that I don't still do things that are bad. Because I definitely do. I'm human. I'm never going to get it all right. My husband reminds me all the time, Katie, you are not perfect. You cannot make every perfect decision. But if I choose to make a little compromise, then there's a little separation. And then if I make another compromise, there's more separation. And so we make little choice by little choice at a time, and then we're, we're separated from God. I tell the story a lot. My daughter was sick and she was in the floor and she had this pallet made and she brought all of her toys there. And as her fever started to break, she started to move around the room and she got all the way to the other side of the room and she couldn't hear a movie. And she's like, mama, mama, could, could you cut the TV up? I can't hear the TV. And it's not because I had turned down the volume on, of the TV. Her position had changed. And that is Christ. When we come into a newness with Christ and we are saturated with the Holy Spirit, we can hear and feel his presence and his voice in the way that he manipulates our behaviors. But the more we make compromises and the more that we step outside of the will of the God, the further from him we get, the less we can hear him. It says that the new believer has got to be in the word. We've got to know what God says. We've got, that, that's how we discern what our new life is. That's how we know what has to die and what has to live. It's how we know who Christ is. It's how he speaks to us. And the more that we prioritize things over him, the more that we step away from him and we make little compromises in our life of sin, he's still there. He, he's still there. But you can't see him in the fruit that we're producing. And you can't hear him because there's so much stuff in between you and him. And that is salvation in, in, in a jar. Like you, sin separates us from God. And what is worse is God has the perfect plan for our lives. Like if we would come in tune with him and we would listen to the things that he has for us, they are great things. It don't mean that life won't always be hard or there's not some scary diagnosis down the road or you're not going to lose somebody that you care about. That's not what those things mean, but it means that he does have a good plan for you. But it does not mean that you're going to follow that plan. You can be with God and try to live with the world. But just because we have freedom from sin, like that, that's, this still looks just like this. To God, you still can't, it, it's clear, let's pretend this paper is clear, you still cannot see that sin from heaven, but just because we are free of our sin does not mean we are free of its consequences. So to be inside the will of God and following his plan is the safest, most peaceful route for us. It's when we step outside of God's will and his plan that we experience something that's not peaceful. And we want to judge our sin not off of the righteousness in the super standard of Christ but by what this girl's sin looks like 
well, I'm not doing as bad as she's doing, so I must be Christian Christian. Or did you hear what happened in their marriage? Man, I'm glad that don't go on in my house. A Pharisee said to Jesus, man, I'm glad that I'm not like all these sinners. We cannot judge how good of a person we are off of how dirty someone else is. Because at the end of the day, this much or this much outside of the presence of God still has no contact with God. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done, if you grew up in church or if you grew up like I did. God wants you. He wants communion with you. But there's only one way. There's only one way for you to know who he is. And it is not just a prayer. It is acceptance. It is repentance. And I watch us go through all of these feel-good sermons and they're comfortable. It's saying rest. Just hang out. God's got this. It's in control. And God does have it. And he is in control. But rest is, is we are called to repent. To come under his wing and let him sanctify our lives. He didn't call us to be still in a time like this. If you are the church... And God has called you to be his and he has created you for a purpose and you've accepted that purpose because he has created you for a purpose. And if you've accepted him as Lord, that is you saying yes, then stand in the gap. Stand in the gap of all of this stuff that's going on and say God is good and God is real, but God is calling you back. God told Jeremiah, yes, I do have plans for you to prosper you and to grow you. I will bring you back to me. But come to me. We cannot continue to be cuddled by a feel-good gospel and we have got to stop watering it down. There are things that are not acceptable to God things that have landed us in the position that we are in today um so quit resting <laughs> get up and stop with the the lukewarm christianity stop sitting in the middle god says that's not for you we have got to study the word i know y'all get tired of hearing me say read your bibles but i'm tired of hearing you say that you don't understand it or that you really don't like to read. Those are all red flashing lights that say, accept the Holy Spirit and let him lead and comfort you. Salvation is not a bench. We have to choose a side. And not everybody that prays is saved. I'm not saying that you cannot live a life completely outside of the will of God. I'm warning you that you can. 
live a life completely outside of the will of God and it will hurt it will be painful um, and that's just that's not what he wants for you um, <laughs> freedom of sin is not freedom from its consequences and just because our sin does not count after we have been saved by a resurrected Christ does not mean it does not matter because it does. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for um, this word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for us to be able to come to you, God, more than once a year, but minute by minute, hour by hour, God, that when we need you, we can have as much access to you, God, as we choose. God, I pray that we choose, that we choose you in these hardships and in this hard time and that if there is a heart God that is lukewarm that is sitting in the middle God that they would choose a side that you would let them feel the weight of the conviction and condemnation that lays before you God that that they would understand that there is more to you than heaven God that salvation is the real gift it's the gift that gives us you it is the gift that grants us eternity with you god lord i pray for the lost i pray for the people that think that they are not good enough that they have to get it together i pray for the people that think they're too good god that think their behaviors are solid and their salvation is sure that it's not about performance God we're not here to perform God we accept you into our heart because you are worthy to be praised because you are righteous and you are life we thank you for heaven God but we praise you for you these things we ask in your name if you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe and meet us here again. Or head on over to Katie's website, messandmercy.com, to find more encouragement like free devotionals, Bible studies, and the blog. Thank you for tuning in to the Mess and Mercy podcast. We hope to see you again.